All right, we are live. It is nine o'clock. It's Tuesday night. It's time for the Get Off My Lawn podcast. Now, I know some of you may be having a hard time if you're watching this on YouTube, having a hard time seeing me right now, seeing as I'm kind of decked out in some camo. But that is partly, well, there's two reasons I'm decked out in camo. First of all, this is going to be our annual pre-deer season chat because i'm about to go deer hunting hopefully everything works out this weekend lord willing and the crick don't rise i will be out there bright and early saturday morning for opening day um so that's part of the reason why i'm decked out in some some uh, real tree here the other reason is i actually had planned all along i was going to put on some bright orange and a couple weeks ago i went up to my dad's where i go hunting and uh, just decided what the heck I'm going to take a load with me when I go. So all my hunting stuff, all my orange, um, all my equipment except my rifle, everything's already up there. And I don't have it here. So no orange tonight. So uh, don't adjust your television set. This is just my head floating and you can't see anything under it because it's camouflaged. So that's what's happening. <sighs> anyway, um, a couple things that I want to get into, but first we're going to just let our panelists introduce themselves. Um, I do have a link actually. Let's just throw that up on Facebook. We'll see if anybody else joins our panel. Um, we'll see if we get any people that haven't been in here in a while or forever. Because um, I kind of want to have a, a fun discussion tonight and just swap some stories and talk about what works and, and talk about what doesn't. And maybe we can get into some fun discussions over calibers or or uh rifles versus bows or you know whatever is the case so we'll just kind of see what happens and i just wanted to be kind of fun and and uh we've had a lot of heavy issues here the last few weeks that we've been talking about so uh just kind of wanted to lighten it up a little bit and just have some fun and sit around and talk about uh talk about some deer hunting tonight so uh we've got a couple people already in our panel um one of whom is uh, a self-professed non-hunter not that he's against it he's just never been um and the other one uh apparently has done a lot of hunting uh throughout his lifetime so the our non-hunter or i should say our newbie who just hasn't done it yet in our group is defense dad what's up defense dad not much thanks for having me absolutely thanks for being here um you know what else we're gonna do there we go now we've got a few more jumping in. Okay. Um, and thanks for being here, Defense Dad. Okay. So uh, we've also got Nighthawk Medic Shoots. And I uh, a little bit of the discussion that we had here pre-chat. Um, I know that you've been out hunting um, at least more than once. So uh, Nighthawk, how's it going? Hey, man, not bad. I'm excited about tonight's topic. Uh, one of the things you learn real quick hunting is that uh, you don't know as much as you think you know. <laughs> and uh, and there's stuff out there that works really well, and there's stuff out there that works based on where you're standing at that moment. So I'm really excited to see what kind of comes out of this conversation today. I'm kind of, like I said, just want to have some fun tonight. So, But if we can pass along any nuggets of knowledge, then we're going to do that too. So Hopefully, it'll be a lot of fun for everybody. All right. And then just joining us also across the great state of Nebraska, we've got Pat and Ashley with us. What's up, you two? Or, or you one? I don't know if it's both of you. Uh, just me tonight, John. Um, no, doing good. Finally done with harvest and looking forward to some hunting. Awesome. Yeah, it's one of those things that I kind of get cranked up about every year just because with work and life and everything else, I don't do a lot of hunting throughout the year. I just kind of save up everything and, and I go 
chase some deer around for a week. And that's kind of what I do. About the only thing I do for hunting anymore. So I hear you. Yep. That's about all I get done to anymore. <laughs> cool. Cool. Well, thanks for being here. Glad you finally got the link there. And uh, I'm glad to have you along. So if you are out there on my Facebook page and you want to join the discussion, I did just post a link. So uh, go ahead and click that StreamYard link if you want to, and you can join our panel tonight and just kind of hang out with us. Uh, I can fit two more people on the screen with us, and then I can fit four more after that um, out there in the waiting room, and we can kind of cycle through if we get that many. So we'll see what happens. Um, and I was about to just put the link. You know what? Let's just let's go crazy. There it is in the YouTube chat as well. So if you want to be on the panel tonight, as long as you can keep your uh, um, keep your language clean and classy, then uh, you are welcome to join us, even if you've never been before. So, so come on in. The water is fine. Who do we have out here in the chat tonight? We've got Mystic Guns, who was first before Kingpin, and Kingpin was right behind her, apparently. Uh, we've got... Uh, Wow, our first president is here, George Washington. Uh, Iron Horseman's out there. Of course, my beautiful bride is in the chat. She is sitting here in the producer's chair, um, holding it down for everybody out there in the chat while I'm running my mouth, because you know how this works, guys. She does the typing, and I do the talking. Uh, who else is out there? Blitz is out there. Um, Defense Dad doing double duty. Pat doing double duty. Uh, I know there's more that have jumped in there. Fluffy 10 millimeter Jeep guy, Bishop ammunition and firearms. What's up, Diane? Um, who else is out here? I know there's more. I saw some more Travis T. Um, and I know there will be more jumping in as the night goes. So, so yeah, if you want a link, come on and jump in here and join us and we'll just have a, we'll have, we'll have some fun. We'll have a fun discussion tonight. So. All right, we'll get that little banner off of there and, and go to here. Um, wow, I should throw this comment up there already. The 475 Bishop Short Magnum is for vaporizing mean water-filled pumpkins. So apparently it's not for deer, I guess. I'm not sure what's happening there. But if you've got any water-filled pumpkins that are uh, terrorizing you, the mean ones, then get yourself a 475 Bishop Short Magnum. And uh, I believe that's probably going to be a lever rifle. So that should be a lot of fun to shoot anyway. Uh, broken shoulder was never as fun as, as a 475 Bishop. So go check, <laughs> <laughs> go check that out. Um, okay, so I've got a couple questions here. And I just kind of want to, I don't know that we're even going to go around the horn. Um, but uh, depending on where you live, the, the type of deer hunting that you do is definitely going to vary. Um, of course, throughout the... Uh, um, throughout the world, but even throughout the United States here. So, um, so I guess just, uh, is there anybody currently on our panel who, uh, who is hunting anything besides whitetails where, where you live or where you hunt? Okay. Well, don't all speak at once. So that, that kind of narrows it down. We don't have any mule deer hunters in the, in the room. We don't have any, uh, of course, we don't have anybody from the West Coast, so blacktail is pretty much ruled out just by geography alone there. Um, Bishop says it's an AR-10 platform, not a lever, so even more fun. So go uh, go get go get yourself one of those. That sounds like a lot of fun. And I'm pretty sure that, uh, that if you talk to them, they probably have them in stock even. So 
that would be really cool. All right. So um, the next thing I want to know is, I guess we can kind of take some turns here. Um, Defense Dad's kind of going to be, maybe we won't call on you as much because, like I said, you you already had told us you don't have that experience there. So why did that not? Well, that's kind of weird. It didn't like it when I pasted that. All right. Well, we're going to put a space between StreamYard and the .com. When you copy that and paste it, take that space out. Now it'll let, I can't believe it didn't let me put that up on my own. That's really weird. Okay. Well, there's a link if everybody wants it in there or wants to jump in here. So, uh, all right. So Nighthawk, when you, uh, when you go deer hunting, is it mostly firearm? Do you bow hunt? Do you do, uh, any kind of uh, muzzle loading or, or all of the above or, I'm a center fire guy. I only your use bag, firearms. Baby. I'm a, like I said, straight firearm guy. I don't do any of the fancy high speed intelligent versions of hunting like muzzle loading and, and bow <laughs> hunting. Those are, those are true, man. I like my <laughs> firearms. So does that mean that you don't consider yourself a true man? Not at that capacity. <laughs> I've got friends out there that would use smoke grenades and a hatchet if it was legal. They're, uh, they're really into hunting and getting down there and getting dirty. There's still a certain amount of separation with using a rifle. Absolutely. Um, all right. So Pat, when you go and, and hunt deer, are you mostly rifle hunting or do you, do you bow hunt or what do you get into? You killed your camera, but you didn't unmute yet. All right. Well, we'll come back to Pat. Something might have been going on that wasn't a wasn't a good time to call on you. Um, what I really want to know too is, and as people come in, if we get any other guests in here, we'll go back and give everybody else the chance to to sound off as well. But what I really want to know is, um, I guess I didn't answer my own question. I don't bow hunt just because. Well, a couple different reasons. Number one, I don't have the cash to get started with bow hunting because it's more than just a $500 bow. You're looking at arrows and, and lots of different camo for lots of different climates and, and, uh, practicing. And, and for me, it's logistics. There's just a whole lot of reasons why it's just not worth it to me at this point in my life to get into it. Coupled with the fact that I don't climb trees and I can't sit still. So I've got to be in a blind somewhere too, if I'm going to do it. Um, so I rifle hunt. I wouldn't mind getting maybe sometime into muzzle loading. I've just never done any kind of muzzle loader shooting. And so, um, and again, I mean, you know, it's always the initial startup cost to get going and, and, uh, get the practice there too is, is sometimes prohibitive for, for a lot of people. So George Washington says he's pretty good with a flintlock himself, which makes sense, I suppose. Um, you know, I'm sure that's what, uh, what you grew up with. So makes a lot of sense there, general. Um, so what I really want to know is, and we'll, we'll go to Nighthawk now next to, um, what, uh, what is your reason? Or if you have more than one reason, why do you hunt deer? Maybe you're still muted Nighthawk. Did you hear me call on you? Yeah, I'm just talking away happily. Okay, okay, um, good. I, so... sure. I, I lost everybody all of a sudden. Everybody's <laughs> muted up on me. Just happily talking away to myself. You know, the focus yeah, is genuine yeah. conservation. And uh, when we're talking about 
what we have done as human beings, which is to eliminate all predators, uh, we then have to ensure that we are keeping these populations in check for the health of the populations. And so um, I haven't been deer hunting in a few years now because there hasn't been a big need for it, but been very focused on hog hunting. The reality of the, the situation is if we ever stop, if people who are capable of hunting do not hunt, um, then we will see some damage to the ecosystem because uh, certain populations will get out of control. Yep, very true. And and uh, we hear more and more car versus deer accidents on the highway all the time because they are, you know, the populations are growing. I don't know of any part of the country at this point where the deer populations are are dwindling. Nope. Um so, I mean, it's just, there is, the population controls a lot of it. I mean, I've got a lot of reasons why I do it. Part of it is, um, I mean, there's, there's some of it's that some of it is to keep the population, especially the, uh, the herd, even though they're, they're fair chase, there's no high fences. These are, you know, these are all wire wild fair chase deer that, that come across my family ranch. But, um, so to, to keep the, the herd healthy, keep, you know, keep the numbers controlled, things like that then um yeah i mean i am not the only one that hunts there you know there are quite a few deer taken every year and and uh um not so many that that it can't sustain the herd can't sustain itself but at the same time i mean you know it's it's not um my dad says there's still too many because they come and eat off of his corn pile all winter long and so he's, he's feeding <laughs> yeah. probably feeding almost as many deer as he has cows at this point with his corn every year um yeah in his hay bales so he would just as soon see more of them taken out um but i mean i like to eat the deer i think they're delicious so i do it for that reason i do it because it gets me away from the world it gets me away from um work and everything else and just i get to go out and just kind of hang out and i get to go home first of all which not everybody gets to you know gets to hunt on their home place but i get to go home and and just kind of hang out and spend you know the better part of a week um just kind of doing whatever i want to up there and, and just go and sit and reminisce about you know the last 40 years of my life um and all the fun times i've had hunting deer and everything else up there so it's that it is the thrill of putting that really great shot on a deer and uh you know if it's a if it's a, a, a nice looking buck, then there's that. If it's, you know, a, a big healthy doe, then, you know, equally good trophy. Um, I'm one of those guys that I don't specifically hunt for trophy deer, but I'm not going to pass one up. I mean, <laughs> no. we, we don't have, uh, I, I don't have enough freezer space to just go out and do a, uh, a cull hunt every year where, you know, I get a few extra tags and then just go, you know, drop a half dozen deer just to keep the, the numbers thin. I mean, that's, I'd love to be able to do that, but I just, I don't have the freezer space or again, for me, the, the time, the equipment, partly the ability to, uh, to process, you know, mm -hmm. especially that many deer. So I, I generally just have one, um, taken and, and done for me. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of stuff, um, out there in the chat, it's, it's either, cal or california l i'm not sure which but i'm just gonna say cal um and if that's not what your name actually is cal then uh, i'm sorry but it's cal now um it was asking sandhill sweetheart if she hunts now she says she doesn't she says she pets the deer and, and cries 
<laughs> she does not get a deer permit and she does not carry a, a firearm, but she'll go with me provided that I don't expect her to be up, you know, early, um, because that's, it's her vacation time too. And she does not get up and go out where it's cold and it's dark early in the mornings. Um, so generally what happens is, um, I'll go out and, and set up before sunup, you know, and, and then mid morning or so when I get hungry and it's time to go find some breakfast, then I'll go back to the house. And by then she's up and going and, and then she kind of rides with me the rest of the day. So, um, it's not that she's against it. She just doesn't do it herself. And that's totally cool. Yeah. I thought Edward was going to join us, but I guess he's leaving. Um, but I mean, for me, it's, it's just, there's so many different things out there in the chat. Um, it, and like I said, if anybody wants to jump in, do so. You don't have to stay the whole time. You can just kind of pop in and, and say your piece and, and pop back out if you want to. Um, but um, let us know if, if you're hunters, you know, why do you do it? There's there's a lot of great reasons. Um, so uh, Iron Horseman says it's good practice for zombies. Now, I've never had a zombie deer actually come and try to eat my brain. But um, I don't know how good a practice it is because everything I've ever seen about zombies tells me you don't shoot them center mass yeah and the other thing is uh, most of the time the deer that i've encountered weren't going for my throat as a matter of fact they were fairly challenging to get to come in at all yeah exactly they don't get too close to you it's kind of the other way around so i don't yeah. i don't know necessarily iron horseman that i can <laughs> agree with that statement um it's and, and the other thing is i mean once i shoot one deer unless i've got extra tags then i'm done yeah. And it, it seems like encountering one zombie, just randomly one lone zombie, seems kind of, you know, just highly improbable, too. So it may not be the best zombie practice. I think headshots work better for zombies. I try not to head shoot deer. <laughs> um, does anybody out there in the chat do anything besides going for a heart lung shot? Because um, I know a lot of people, um, I don't, sh I shouldn't say a lot of people, I've known several different people that have gone for neck shots and um try to break the shoulder bone things like that so they don't run away so um that i guess that's my next question is um blitz wants to know do zombies have a rut i don't think so because i think zombies reproduce just by um biting or scratching you and they don't have to they don't have to rut to, to make more zombies i mean or, but we're in the middle of rut season right now so this would be a good time to figure it out well, that's true. In the room too is zombies are slow moving Unless they're chasing Ving Rames, and then they will run. True. So, if you're not hunting with Ving Rames, you'll probably be okay. Just saying. Um, <laughs> how did this go to a zombie chat? This is funny. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck even happened? Um, Iron Horseman says, make it challenging and shoot for the head on a dead run. Well, I mean, there's there's true. Um. Here's a here's an actual good question. You know what? Let's let's do Q and A. We'll go through some of the questions that I have. But George Washington's got a great question. What portion of fat does anyone mix um, for for leaner deer meat? So if you're, I I think that's probably asking about grinding it. If you if you process your own venison and you uh, you grind it into into burger, then um, what do you mix in for for fat so that it's not you know because because anybody that's had a burger made out of straight 100% ground venison. Sinew. <laughs> well, not only that, but I mean, you better be putting some ketchup or something on that burger yep. because it's going to be hard to choke it down. They are really yep. dry. 
Um, so, um, so I, what do you do when, or, or do you process your own, uh, Nighthawk? I, I have mine processed and then I'm an 80, 20 guy, just like blitz. Okay. Um, there you go. Yeah. That's so I have the ground brought back and then I put in about, you know, half a handful of kidney meat per two pounds of deer meat or uh, kidney fat per two pounds of deer meat. Okay. All right. There you go. Um, so hopefully George Washington, that answers your question out there. Um, fluffy 10 millimeter Jeeps guy, uh, Jeep guy says, get your deer and then start hunting coyote. Um, not a bad plan actually. Um, mm. not going to rule that one out. Although I never, I've got coyote calls, but I never think to take them. And I've, uh, I've never actually taken the things out cause, cause I, uh, I forget to put them in my, in my hunting kit actually. Um, that's another thing I've never done. I mean, I grew up with coyotes all around, but I've never actually called one in myself. Um, I've shot coyotes before just, you know, when the opportunity presents itself, but, uh, excuse me, but not specifically called them just to hunt them. So, um, one of these nights, if I ever make contact, I actually know, um, a fairly well-known within the predator hunting circles, um, a fairly well-known coyote caller is Randy Anderson from North central Nebraska. And where he lives is only about, uh, a half an hour drive away from, from where I hunt deer on the, on the home place there. So, um, he's a cool guy and sometime I should actually see if I can get him just to come and hang out with on a, on a live chat sometime. That'd be cool. Oh yeah. Or, or at the very least, um, maybe I could get some cool filming in sometime. If I could just get him to come over and, and call a few coyotes over on dads, that'd be cool too. Um, out there talking about meat blitz says I've heard of 90, 10 pork fat, but haven't tried that. One thing I've always wanted to try myself and I've never done it. Um, long, long time ago, I was reading, uh, an article somewhere. Um, not an article. It was actually in the, uh, I think in the, in the letters, it was either field and stream or outdoor life magazine. I can't tell you which, but somebody had written in on the, the, uh, the letters to the editor section there and was talking about meat recipes for venison and they said um go buy some smoked bacon and grind that up and then mix that at about a 10 to 1 ratio or a 90 10 ratio um with your venison and not only will that put the fat in there but it'll also give you that kind of smoky flavor um throughout your throughout your deer burger and, and i've always wanted to try that but i just haven't uh haven't ever done that well, I was I was going to ask, coming from a food background, does anybody ever get like a pork belly and then have that mixed in? No, we make a lot of uh, meatloaf with ours, though, and and typically you'll mix in three different meats, and so that's beef and pork and and venison. Then, so you get a good balance of the fats in those three meats together. It makes a good meatloaf. A lot of people around these parts too just go straight fifty fifty, mix it fifty fifty with um, just ground beef. And, um, that seems to work pretty well too. Like if you get like an 80% ground beef or either a 73 or an 80%, uh, ground beef, and then mix that with your venison and that, that brings some fat into it too. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, that's kind right. of what my cousin does. Um, his mom is actually, uh, works at a restaurant and they, uh, put all their bacon into an oven 
and they catch all the drippings from all the bacon that they make. And he takes that. And when he grinds up his deer meat, I think it's two tablespoons of bacon grease (laughs) to a pound of uh, deer hamburger. And it is absolutely awesome. There you go. Now this is turning into a food jet, which is totally fine with me because that's part of the thing about, about hunting the deer. If, if you hunt the deer and then you don't do anything with the meat or donate it to somebody who will, then um, it's a complete waste. And uh, at least that's just my opinion, but it's my show. So I'll give those. Um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely something that you want to be able to uh, um, enjoy the, the fruits of your labor. You know, you get out with the nature and you know, it's, it's one of those things where I don't know if everybody has this kind of experience, but, um, the, uh, the first year the Sandhill sweetheart went deer hunting with me. Um, and, and the first deer that I ever shot when she was along, literally that what she said earlier, that's what she did. She sat there and, and was petting the, the, uh, the deer after <laughs> we, we went up to it and telling it, it's okay. It's going to be okay. Which the deer had expired. <laughs> It, it wasn't still alive at that point. It was not hurting. It was not suffering. You didn't was, get shoot it. <laughs> it was fast and instant. He was, he was dead before he knew what hit him. This will be um, the thing we'll have well done. This Sandhills is going to expire John after the show. <laughs> <laughs> but no, here's the thing though, is I get it. Um, and she was, she was sad. I mean, she had tears in her eyes. Um, it's a beautiful creature. And I totally get it. It's, it's not without a degree of sadness myself. Um, not only sadness, but um, reverence for nature, um, gratitude that God would see fit to send such a beautiful, majestic creature um, to be harvested. So um, I, I get it. I mean, if, if it doesn't move you to, to an extent then um, I don't think you're looking at things the same way that I do. And and that's, I mean, I just wanted to kind of throw that in there too. So I, I completely get it. Anybody that's saddened by it. I mean, it's, it's a sad, happy thing. Um, I guess that's what sappy means. Right. So, but, uh, but anyway, <laughs> so George Washington wants to know uh, if anyone's getting their smoke houses ready. I don't have a smokehouse. That would be cool. I've got a I've got a good friend across town that smokes a lot of meat, not in a smokehouse, just in a in a regular smoker. But uh, yeah, Clover Tech kind of echoed the same thing I just said. If you don't feel something for taking a life, even an animal's life, then I got to worry about you a little bit. I shoot a lot of coyotes in the face, but it does kill my soul just a bit to do so. So yeah, I mean, anytime that you uh, you kill one of God's creatures, even even if it is something that uh, you know you're gonna you're going to put it to good use. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's still a death. Um, and to, to not at least be a little bit reverent towards that notion. I mean, yeah, there's, I agree. There's, there's something wrong with you. So, and, and I understand that hunting deer or hunting any animal, that's not for everybody. Not everybody can do it. Not everybody wants to. And I totally get that too. So, um, Pat, you're back. And I didn't really ask you a whole lot or get a chance to ask you earlier. Um, when you uh, when you hunt your deer, are you are you a rifle hunter or bow hunter, muzzle loader? What's uh, what are you into when you go hunt them? 
Uh, yeah, I'm primarily center fire. Um, it's just always what I've been into um, because I just like the guns versus the bows, I guess. Nothing that there's nothing anything wrong with a bow. My brother does a little, has done a little bow hunting in the past, but just always liked the gun over the bow, I guess. So, um, yeah, uh, usually shooting about a 30 caliber. There you go. So then we kind of skipped you a little bit too, as far as the why. So when you're doing, when you're doing your deer hunting, what, what are the reasons that you hunt reason or, or reasons, however many there are? Well, to quote a very famous band from the 80s and 90s, the it's my chance to drink beer and get away from the wife. <laughs> no, seriously, um, <laughs> it's just to get out in nature and uh, be able to sit there, get in there just right before the sun comes up. And uh, some of the coolest things I've gotten to see in nature is when I'm just sitting there and everything is quiet and uh, hear the quail rustling around coming out of the trees, chirping around at your feet. And when you're in a deer stand or on a ground blind or um, many a times I've actually seen coyotes come in most of my spots before I actually see deer. So um, it's just a chance to just completely blend in with nature and, uh, just get to experience it on a different level than just like a walk or, you know, uh, going to a park or something like that. It's, it's just a totally different experience altogether. And especially if you can take somebody with you, like I got my cousin started into deer hunting uh, about six years ago now. And uh, we at least go a couple times a year together and he's always shot a doe with me. Uh, get either a calling them in or you know just out of pure dumb luck but there's a lot of camaraderie in it too especially when you can bring somebody along and it makes them experience at least for me anyway a lot more enjoyable because you get to share mm -hmm. that experience with somebody and Absolutely. it just makes it more fun especially when you're out there with the buddy or out there with your wife yeah and i've i've been saying for a few weeks now that uh um, I get to take my, my two nephews, um, my, my wife's brother's boys, the old, his two oldest boys, they've never been hunting that they didn't grow up in a, in a house that they had any hunters in. And, uh, the oldest one had wanted to go hunting. And I, I told him that, uh, if he can convince his parents to let him off school for a Friday and a Monday, you know, this, this coming weekend that, uh, I'd take him hunting. And so, then I found out that uh, it's not just the 14 year old, the 12 year old wants to go too. And I said, mm. that's totally cool with me. So, um, so yeah, we're going to, uh, to meet about halfway between here and Sioux Falls and, and uh, uh, pick them up on Thursday and then take them up and we'll do some hunting on Saturday and Sunday. And then I got to take them home on Monday. So um, it's, it's way more exciting for me, the notion of getting somebody their first deer than me shooting my, I don't even I don't even know now. I, I lost track. I mean, I've been hunting for almost 30 years and I, I haven't gotten a deer every year, but I mean, there's been so many of them that, uh, you know, I, I, I never even counted them. So, um, it's not that it's boring. It's not that it's not a thrill, but for me, I, it's way more exciting to get somebody else into it. 
and and be there and experience that first time um experience with somebody i mean that's really cool and and i've done that before and it's it's just you can't really even describe that experience the best i can do is tell you to go um just go watch some of the videos of some of the either the hunting shows on tv or a lot of people that just you know made their own private videos on youtube or, or and posted them on youtube and you know that took their kid out for their first ever uh deer hunt and i mean just to see the expression on somebody the their their kid or or their significant other you know whatever it is i mean it's it's just a cool feeling to if you've experienced it yourself then you kind of get some of those feelings back when you watch those videos you know how whoever was who was filming that um probably felt too so it's kind of cool um all right so you got a few few comments out there in the chat looks like um we're talking calibers a little bit oh we're talking about first guns um Pat, how how old were you when you uh, shot your first deer? Um, actually, I was a big bird hunter before I was a deer hunter and was uh, pheasant hunting uh, at the age of 10. And uh, when I actually took my first deer, I was probably, I was either 15 or 16. It's been so dang long ago. Um, but yeah, that's when I went with my dad. Um, I had uh, the... 22 250 and he had a uh, browning 270 and uh yeah i i tell you what that that first one you never forget your first one. and it was just a doe i mean it, it wasn't you know it wasn't a big buck or anything but that that first one will always stick with you i don't care if it's yeah. small or if it's big or if it's a uh, boon and crockett it, it, it doesn't matter that, that that first one will always stick with you for the rest of your life absolutely yep i can remember my first one was just a little four corn buck but that was the first buck i'd ever shot so yeah that was pretty cool nighthawk how old were you when you uh, went deer hunting the first time i was in my 20s okay um, i didn't grow up a hunter and uh, i actually got into it for conservation and a buddy of mine introduced me to it under the concept of conservation and so uh when he took me hunting my first time and I was already a soldier. So um, the concepts of marksmanship and things of that nature were well known to me. Lining up on a, a live target wasn't an issue. So for me, that gave me the power to kind of help deal with a significant problem um, in the area of the world where I lived at that time. And so I think it's, again, there are ways to bring people into hunting at all ages, right? And I'm evidence of that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I honestly, there's within reason, I mean, there's never a, an age too young or an age too old to, to get somebody out into hunting. I mean, obviously you don't take a newborn out there in a, in a cold, you know, in a tree stand or in a cold blind, clearly. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you know, if, if you've got uh, a youngin that can sit still for, um, you know, even a while, or if you've got a way to kind of mitigate some of that sound, if they can't, then i mean you know i've i've known a lot of people that took their you know their four or five year olds out with them and and uh, you just got to understand that you're not going to sit out there all day with nope. somebody that young you don't do anything all day with somebody that young <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you, you know, know 
trail cameras can be your friend if you've got little ones because you set them up the day find a couple of good rubs set them up the day before figure out who's hanging out in that area and then take the little one back out there and hand them the antlers <laughs> right <laughs> let them wear themselves out <laughs> there you go there you go um so yeah that's that's really cool um out there in the in the chat uh sandhill sweetheart is talking about the the very first time ever that she went with me the very first morning the the only time that i've gotten her to get up and go with me before sunup and uh it was it was pretty cool it was pretty chilly it was i don't think it was snowing yet when we went out there there might have been some snow on the ground i don't remember but uh we we kind of set things up to where um i figured some deer would be coming through on an alfalfa field and, uh, there was a pile of hay bales and, and there was, it wasn't, uh, a two layer pile. It was just eight bales, four to a row and, you know, two rows side by side, but there was a little gap in the one end that we could actually kind of wedge ourselves in between the bales. So, uh, we pushed back in there a ways and, um, we were all bundled up and out of the wind, you know, it got kind of nice and, and warm where we were. So we both just kind of fell asleep and, uh, woke up and and uh, the sun wasn't up yet but it was getting pretty light and it had started to snow and so the whole world was kind of um getting blanketed in some white and then um all around us all around the pile of bales that we were we were uh snoozing in there um i don't even remember now how many deer um had come over and were just kind of grazing and i don't know if i just wasn't snoring or um <laughs> if it didn't bother them but whatever was the case they didn't know we were there and so uh, that was kind of cool just to watch them. There weren't any shooters in there. So we just kind of watched them um, just kind of graze there for a while. And I think one of us finally caught scent of us and then they, they took off, but um, just sitting there and, and uh, you know, just kind of hanging out and, and uh, I mean, that's, that's pretty cool when, when you're so warm and cozy that you fall asleep and you woke, you know, you wake up later and you don't even realize that it's, it's been snowing on you. I mean, you know, that's just a testament to, to the modern clothing, but, uh, but yeah, the fact that, you know, nature came to us and, and, uh, that was, that was one of the coolest experiences I've ever had hunting deer in, in my whole life. And then, um, the fact that it was her first experience with me and, and we've got that memory. That's pretty cool too. So, Heck yeah. Um, all right. So, Here's a question out there in the chat that, uh, or a comment, I should say, um, it's still too warm in Indiana. You know what? Okay. So we had about what we get almost three inches of snow before it quit snowing today. I woke up to some snow and, and then it just kind of snowed most of the day and it quit about four o'clock. Um, but, uh, when it quit, we had about between two and three inches of snow here. It's all going to be gone by Friday it's going to be fifties and, and pushing 60 opening weekend for highs. And then lows are going to maybe get down freezing, but probably hover around 34, 35 for overnight lows. It's just, I think it's too warm to hunt. What kind of temperature do you guys like as far as, um, you know, the, the ideal deer hunting weather? Well, I like it anywhere around about where it gets down just a little bit down freezing at night and uh, only gets up to about 
45, maybe 50 at the peak of the day, and then starts cooling off pretty quickly in the evening. At least around here, that seems to where the rut really likes to kick in down here. We had that little cold snap before it got warmed back up here, and uh, the rut has actually kicked off down here. Mm -hmm. That cold snap of weather actually got their noses on the ground, and they are running like crazy right now. And uh, yeah, so right now this is about my perfect time. I, I, I love it to see it just right about this temperature. So I, uh, always seems to kick it off around here, down here in South Central Nebraska anyways. So I, I think pretty much most of the, most of Nebraska is probably kind of in that same boat where there was just enough cold weather to really get them, um, get them over that hump. And, and uh, I'm hearing reports kind of from, from one end of the state to the other where, you know, people are seeing bucks with their nose on the ground now. So, so yeah, that's, that's good for, for those of us that are ready to hunt this weekend. Excuse me. Nighthawk, when it comes to uh, weather and not just temperature, but, but weather, I guess, in general, um, what's your ideal deer hunting weather? Tennessee has the weirdest weather in the world. <laughs> I don't think so, but go ahead. <laughs> well, it's just, we get such, such random intervals. For me, it's really, it's less about what the weather is going to be and more about time. Um, you know, obviously if it's pouring rain, you're never even going to hear the deer coming <laughs> from any angle. But ultimately, if you're in the rut and you've done good research and you've done good recon, it doesn't seem to, or let me put it this way. I may not have the experience that Pat does, or you have in that category to understand that there's a difference in temperature. But for me, I'm looking for deer sign and I'm setting up trail cameras and I'm using the date as opposed to what ever random weather conditions Tennessee may produce uh, during any given week. I mean, when you think about it, your granddaddy hunted in a pair of coveralls and a flannel shirt, and his technique was to sit down somewhere and get real still. And that's what I do to this day is sit down somewhere and get real still. And as long as I've looked for good deer sign and it's usually during rut, then you're going to get deer. Oh, absolutely. No. And, and I've been saying that for a long time. Um, I've got one pop-up blind and I do intend to, to hunt from that at least, um, at least in the mornings because where I've got it set up, I, I know that there are deer, um, probably morning and evening, um, on some corn stalks that are just right beside where I've got the blind. And then, um, I've got it set up kind of facing, um, a little grove of trees and I know that they kind of run through there. So as long as there aren't any my dad's yearling calves around at the same time <laughs> um you know it should make for some pretty decent uh shooting angles whether we shoot them from the corn stalks or or from the uh from the pasture next to them but um as far as as that goes i mean my favorite deer blind of all time has got four tires a motor a heater and a radio amen brother now I know that not everybody hunts <laughs> in an area. <laughs> not everybody is blessed like I am. I get it. Some people have to go out in the middle of thick trees. Some people have to go um, out and uh, and hunt, you know, real rough, uh, rough hilly country. But to be honest, I mean, where I hunt, the deer are used to vehicles, and so um, the uh, the sight of a vehicle doesn't bother them. And, you know, even if he, if it, well, I should say if it idles quietly, 
I mean, you can even start it and and let it idle, you know, and even the smell of, of car exhaust. I mean, it doesn't really put them off because they're used to vehicles driving around. And so that's a smell that doesn't really um, scare them off other than, you know, they, they may or may not shy away from a vehicle when they get up to it and realize it's there. Um, I've also been sitting in my vehicle with the motor off and had, I had a little spike buck come up and if my window would have been down, he would have stuck his head in the passenger window. <laughs> I mean, he was sniffing the side mirror to see what the heck it even was. So, I mean, they're curious critters, you know, um, and when they, when you're hunting around, um, where people are, then they're, they're not so skittish and they're not so scared of the, of the smell of of, you know, humans or vehicles or whatnot. Um, so, I mean, I get really, I get really blessed and, and I've shot more deer in the last 10 years um, by stepping out and either leaning over the hood of a vehicle or um, one of my favorite rests, honestly, is, is the A-frame of the vehicle with the door open. And I just mm. put my, I put my support hand on the A-frame and then, you know, cradle the, the forearm of the rifle right in here and I can move up and down, but it's still solid. And so, um, that's one of my favorite positions is just standing, you know, standing beside the vehicle with the door open and, and shooting from there. So, um, it's great. And I don't know everybody's state laws. You can, sh you can, you actually, you don't even have to get out of the vehicle in Nebraska. As long as the vehicle's not moving, you can't shoot from a moving vehicle, which I mean, honestly, I don't know why they had to pass that as a law or make that a regulation because is, is this really a problem? <laughs> <laughs> we can't hunt whales from a car in Tennessee. Well, I mean, I can understand that. There's been a, a, over the years, I think probably way too many whales have been poached in Tennessee from, from mm. cars. So it makes sense. <laughs> Pat, what were you going to yep. say? Well, we, we have the same problem here in Nighthawk. Uh, you, you still can't hunt whales in Nebraska. Yep. I mean, it doesn't matter what yep. from. You just can't yep. do it. It's illegal. <laughs> you know, one of... I carry a walking stick with me that has a Y cut at the top of it uh, to use as a shooter steady. And uh, it's also really handy as a walking stick too. I see a lot of people get out with a lot of really high tech stuff and uh, you know, they never get a deer and they get frustrated by it. And I watched them, you know, I went out with a buddy one time that I counted during the course of a two hour period, he got up and walked around six different times. <laughs> I was like, man, mate, you probably shouldn't hunt. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think it doesn't matter what your equipment is. If you're out there, your spirit is right. And you're, uh, and you've done your research, you're going to get a, a deer of some kind. <laughs> well, it also depends on how picky you are. Yep. That's, that's always a given. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, like you said, you know, our, our grandparents and great grandparents went out in, you know, flannel shirts and, and, uh, brown coveralls or green coveralls, whatever they were. And, uh, you know, that's, that's how they hunted their deer. You, you don't, especially with rifles now, bow hunting, I will agree. That's a whole different animal, but when you're hunting with a firearm, then, um, it doesn't matter so much if you're wearing the latest camel pattern, because I guess this kind of falls into the, the tips and tricks part of, of the, the show tonight. But um, as far as deer go, uh, they don't rely much on their eyeballs. Uh -uh. They don't have very good eyesight unless you're moving or they're right on you. They probably won't see you. They might see that there's something and they can't figure out what it is. And if they're staring at you, 
especially if you see them licking their nose. They're trying to smell you and figure out what you are from their olfactory senses, not from not from their vision. Their yeah. noses and their ears are amazing. It's their eyes that don't work so well. And so it doesn't matter if you're wearing camo. It doesn't matter if you're wearing orange. If the state you hunt in requires it, Nebraska does. So we've got to have orange on our chest and our back and on our head. And uh, I've never seen a deer shy away because I was wearing orange. I've never seen a deer notice me because of that. I've been winded a lot. They've got my scent and taken off running because they knew something was wrong. And that's a deer's instinct. If they, if they figure out something is wrong, even if they can't figure out what it is, once they're sure something's wrong, they're going to leave. Bye. <laughs> yep. Yep. And if it's a white tail, that white flag goes up and uh -huh. mule deer, then they start bouncing away on all fours. And those are the ways that you know that they were uh, running because they were alarmed. So, um, but I mean, that's just, that just, it doesn't matter what you're wearing. Um, nearly as much as like you said, the real key is, can you sit still? Can mm -hmm. you become, um, you know, can, can you be like Drax from the guardians of the galaxy <laughs> and master the art of standing so still as to become invisible? Cause that's really what it comes down to. Now people can argue all day long. I don't really have a dog in the fight about cover scents and scent killers and things like that. Some people say they're a gimmick. Other people swear by them. Um, anybody on the panel used any kind of scent killers or cover scents? And what was your experience with them? If you have, I just don't use anything sweet smelling in the shower the day before. That's really about all I do. So when you're showering the day before you hunt deer, you're not smearing yourself with molasses. Is that what you're saying? Basically not anything that has a good smell to it. No, a little dove, maybe <laughs> that's about it. What were uh, you going to say, Pat? Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll throw a little something in here. Um, yeah. As far as gear and stuff wise goes and the scents and stuff like that. Um, if you're going to get new gear, uh, especially like boots, because that, being on the ground and where they're sniffing the ground all the time. If you've got a new pair of boots, break them in and go for walks through grass, get that new scent and everything rubbed off. Or even if you've got a, uh, like me, most of the time, I don't even have hunting boots. I use my work boots that I've been in the cattle lot and stuff and everything else. So that pretty much covers up my foot footprints coming in to wherever I'm going. And I wear my brown coveralls, which has the scent of everything but pretty much me <laughs> <laughs> on there. And uh, I've always had very good luck doing it that way. And I've had some buddies that come up from Georgia and they lease some of my dad's ground to hunt on. And They've used some scent stuff and they said some stuff works better than others, but they said the best thing you can probably do, and I, I will agree with this, is when you do laundry, just use unscented laundry soap. Just try to mm -hmm. keep the scents and everything down to an absolute minimum. Just that way you're not like what Nighthawk said and that smearing with molasses and everything that John said. Um, just try not to give them an edge. 
Just try well, to give and, yourself so the edge. Somebody now, pointed if, this out. Oh, if sorry, you've ever ahead. used any kind of attractants, yeah. molasses oh, is a great attractant for deer. So I can't think of a better smell, honestly. To, if you're going to douse yourself in anything, um, <laughs> use molasses. Yeah, they're they're going to come to that sweet smell and stuff. I'm pretty sure of it. So I don't know. I've not tried it. But I mean, if I had to choose between dumping <laughs> molasses on my head or a bottle of dough urine, I mean, I know which one I'd rather dump out and get on me. So. Well, and if you're conservation hunting, you don't want to repel either one of the animals. You don't, you know, if one attracts one type or one repels the other type, you want to give yourself as much of a neutral standpoint as possible. And and somebody, an old hunter pointed out to me one time that in nature, all animals have BO, right? So yeah. he, he, this guy wouldn't shower for a week before he went out to the field and didn't clean his clothes or anything else. I, I won't go that far, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's it's one of those things where I mean, there's I think about that before I go out when I put deodorant on in the morning, but it doesn't stop me from putting it on. I mean, it's just <laughs> I, I'm going to be around other human beings too, and and I mean the the great thing about rifle hunting is if a deer is close enough to me to get my scent, then I've either not seen the deer or I've already decided that it is not that deer's day to die. So mm -hmm. it's not that big of an issue for me, usually. In our woods, you can hear a deer 200 yards off, but you can only shoot one about 100 yards off because you can't see them. <laughs> so, you know, for now, me, I can hear them coming. Sure. Now, one thing that I do, um, and I don't know if it's ever helped or not, but um, I do it anyway, is... Um, I've got a, uh, just a, like a Rubbermaid or it's probably Sterilite tote that I keep my hunting clothes in and everything goes in there, but my boots. Um, and that's just because it's, it's not that big of a tote. Um, and my boots are, are normally dirty and muddy before I put them away. But, um, the, uh, there's little vent holes in the handles and I've just covered those with some tape. And then I, I don't, make it airtight but at the same time when i put the lid on it i try to tape it down so the lid stays on pretty tight and then you know all my cold weather gear um, my vest my hats my gloves all that stuff go in there and then i've got some of those um i think they're from hunter specialties they're just a little little brown container with three little cover scent discs in there and uh you know those things they've lasted for years in there and it still smells like dirt in there and, and I just do it because I spent like five whole dollars on that little container of dirt wafers. <laughs> right. So, I mean, what's the big deal? I think, I think if I dig them out, there's probably a few chunks of, uh, of cedar in there too, that I've thrown in because I hunt in country with cedars and, uh, those came from Walmart next to the mothballs. You know, they're just the, the cedar version of mothballs. And so I threw those in there too, and just to kind of get some dirt and, and tree smells in there with them, you know, um, I don't know if it helps. I don't know if it hurts, but it's, I kind of like the smell of it when I pull those out of there and put them on. So that's kind of cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as, as things like that, again, when, when, when I'm hunting, it's with a rifle. And so it's not that big of an issue. Hunting is a psychological activity anyway. So if you feel something gives you an edge, then, then oh, yeah. it does. And, hey, absolutely. <laughs> that's why some people go out and, and, uh, they'll hunt deer with, uh, um, you know, a, a two, a two twenty three, or, or maybe a, 
you know, a 22, 250, something like that. Other people mm-hmm. are like, uh, I'm not going to hunt deer with anything less than a 300 wind mag or a 338 wind mag because I only want to have to shoot the deer one time. Well, I mean, again, we've had this argument over the years as gun owners with more than just hunting. I mean, um, you know, it, it falls under everything else, the, the 45 versus nine argument or what have you. I mean, okay. um, you know, there, there's something to be said about shot placement way more than the size of the hole that gets punched through the deer within reason. Um, there's a reason why, uh, states don't allow 22 long rifle, uh, as legal, I don't think there's any state that allows that for, for deer anyway. Um, some states don't allow 22 caliber center fires either. Nebraska does, but we've got power requirements, minimum for rifles, minimum um, energy requirements. I think at a hundred yards is what it is. I'd have to find my guide and check it. My personal low end is 24 caliber. Just what I like to see. And the reason is I've shot two twenty three. Um, before one time it's the only deer I've ever had to chase. And it's the only deer I've ever not recovered. Hmm. And, and I said, I'll never do it again. Now, granted, part of it was probably poor shot placement because, um, when you're zeroed for a hundred and the deer comes out at, at 15 yards, then it's kind of just a, you know, at that point, the scope wasn't doing me any good. And so I honestly probably should have just waited. I was young, didn't know better at the time and uh didn't put a great shot on him to begin with but still that deer ran for over two miles um almost two miles straight line probably close to two and a half three miles that we chased him and then we lost him and never did find him and so um it's one of the stories i'm not proud of but i don't hide from the fact that you know as a hunter sometimes you make mistakes Mm -hmm. and that's that's one of the biggest mistakes i've ever made so um, so ever since then, it's been for me personally, 243 or bigger. My favorite's a 270, and that's what I have this year again. But um, as far as as that goes, I mean, part of it too comes down to the size of the deer. From what I understand, some of those East Coast deer and a lot of the Texas deer, uh, a 223 would be plenty big enough for some of those um, dog-sized animals that pass for deer down there. <laughs> other areas you go out to uh western nebraska and catch one of those big old you know 250 pound muleys you're gonna want a little more gun to to put an animal that size down so that's um again i mean you you kind of have to know not only what you're hunting but where you're hunting when it comes to deer as far as the sizes go and, and things like that so uh fluffy says no 223 in michigan for deer now, the way I understand it from what Squib has said, um, Michigan's got a couple different regions, I think. There's, what, three different regions? Fluffy and, and Blitz can set me straight on that. But I know some of the areas in Michigan, you can uh, you can hunt with um, bottleneck cartridges. Others require just straight wall cartridges. Um, and Nebraska doesn't have any, any restrictions there. Some states don't allow centerfire rifle at all. You have to be... Um, you have to hunt with a shotgun. I know. Let's see. I've got friends from Baltimore that said Maryland is that way. I know Iowa's that way. Uh, it's either shotgun or it's straight wall in Iowa. I can't remember which, but it's uh, um, no thirty out six or two seventy or or anything like that. Ooh, Clint's got the rifleman's rifle, a pre sixty four model seventy. Ooh, that's on my bucket list too. I don't know if I'll ever own one. 
just because I'm not a fan of the wing safety, but uh, just to to shoot one once to to see what it's all about, I would love to get a chance on a on a real Model Seventy Winchester. That'd be cool. Um, what else we're talking out there? New York Outcast says, "Just look for the deer with a limp and a bandana. The city deer will try and rob you. They'll come to you," which makes some sense. They also, um, they, the, I think the city deer are better armed, from what I understand, uh, because they've got uh, access to, um, you know, some of those assault weapons and things like that. So um, you got to watch those city deer. Let's see. <laughs> Uh, Ozzy says Illinois is either shotgun or muzzle loader. Um, Clint says that model 70, the bolt is like butter dripping off a hot biscuit. I'm not sure what that means. I hope it, that it's just soft and smooth and, and you really shouldn't put butter on your rifle. I'm just saying James Allen says, Indiana, is, I could put these up on the screen, can I? Indiana is weird. You have to use straight walled or shotgun on public land, but you can use 30 calibers on private land, which I suppose that makes sense in, in the notion that on public land, there's going to be a lot higher concentration of people. And the whole point of requiring something like that is you don't want that bullet if you if you miss the deer, um, you don't want that bullet going on and, and hitting something that you can't afford to replace or can't be replaced. So incidentally, um, a couple of weeks ago, I was at a, a, um, a range down by Tecama, Nebraska, one of 88 tacticals facilities. And, uh, um, the range master said something that, that, well, that's what he said. And I'd never heard it said that way before. And I think it's one of the smartest things I've ever heard when it comes to talking about gun safety he said you know went through the basic rules he said never um never point the firearm at something that you can't afford to replace oh yeah and i thought you know those are great words right there um you know normally we hear don't point it at something you're not willing to shoot or you don't want to destroy or whatever like that but never point it at something that you can't afford to replace i mean that's just perfect i like that i like that wording that was cool. Um, yeah, Clint says that it's just super smooth. I'm sure it is. Um, but, you know, that's the difference between what was at the time the best, if not the best rifle in the world, then considered by many to be the best rifle in the world, probably considered by most to be the best rifle produced uh, by an American company. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that would make some sense. Um, so that's cool. So, let's go around the horn a little bit and well first of all before we do that um i understand that defense dad has been fairly quiet tonight just because these are topics that uh that you don't have experience with do you have any questions at this point defense dad says we're gonna everybody just so you know i'm trying to get defense dad to come and join me hunting and it's not going to happen this year but maybe one of these years and if we shame him enough that might make it happen sooner than later so Help me shame him into coming in and hunting with me. But anyway, do you have any questions at this point, sir? Well, you know, I, not, not, I guess the one question I always had, you kind of covered it. Like to me, not growing up hunting, I hear all the pe- people, you know, wearing all the camo and wearing all the scent masking and, you know, blind and everything. And 
to me, I'm thinking, you know, I tell, I hear the stories of my grandpa, you know, they grew up during the depression. They, they had to hunt for food and they didn't do any of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to me, it almost, and outside in, to me, it almost seems like cheating. Well, now a lot of that, the scent control and the camo and things like that. Again, those, those are things that if you're hunting with a bow, that is a whole different ball game because I mean, realistically, yes, I know there are people that can can uh, successfully take a deer at 50 or 60 yards with their bow. But realistically, for the average bow hunter, I think 40 yards is probably pushing it. You want to get that deer within 40 yards of you. So being able to blend in better, and it's not just the deer when you're bow hunting. You don't want any of the animals busting you. Because well, I stepped away. I didn't know you're talking bow hunting. I'm talking when you're right. taking deer from right. a hunt. So, so when you're when you're hunting with a rifle, totally different scenario. Because deer see black and white; they don't see color. So, breaking up the outline is really all that matters. You can do that with blaze camo and still be legal um, for rifle hunting. You can do it without the camo. You can just do it with solid blaze, like I do. I mean, yeah, it doesn't really matter. Because again, they're not going to get that close, or probably not going to get that close. Um, so, so yeah, that's if you're thinking about getting into deer hunting, and you want to start off with with a rifle to do it, then um, you don't have to go out and spend hundreds of dollars on clothing. Here's what matters: um, layers, because I don't know what the end of the the deer hunting week is going to be for me as far as weather goes in nebraska uh, deer season for rifles opens up on this saturday runs all week long saturday and sunday and then it's over so it's a nine day season and during that time this year and for the last several years it's it's gotten up to 50 or 60 during the daytime so i'm down to you know just a, a hoodie or or just a t-shirt in the middle of the afternoon in the mornings before the sun comes up, you know, it's, it's 30, 35 degrees. It's pretty chilly. And so having layers that you can kind of shed throughout the, uh, throughout the day, that makes a huge difference. Um, being warm or staying warm is the number one thing that I would recommend to new deer hunters or, or if you've got somebody that you're trying to take with you, um, you know, the taking my nephews this year, um, is great but their parents are asking, you know, what do we even need to pack for them? I'm like, pack layers. If the fingers and the toes get cold, then the hunt is over. I don't care how young or how old you are. If it's not comfortable to sit there and just think if you're sitting out at a football game or something like that. I mean, if, if you sit there and, and, uh, you know, you can't feel your toes or, or you've got, uh, um, you know, snot running out of your nose, things like that, because you, you're not dressed warm enough, then you're not going to be comfortable. And if you're not comfortable, you're not going to sit still. And if you're not sitting still, then you're not going to be as successful. So most of it comes with just creature comforts. Take what you need. Um, if you're sitting out in the open where all your movements are visible, then you've got to work a lot harder on sitting still. If you've got a blind like I do, or you're even inside a vehicle for most of it, then you can get away with a little bit more movement. You can get away with, you know, eating some snacks and maybe crinkling that cellophane wrapper or something like that, you know, um, things like that. So just, um, just make sure that, that you've got the right clothing as far as, 
you know, if you're going to spend money on, um, on something and get better equipment, boots are number one, I think. Um, because, and, and it's okay to, I shouldn't say it's okay. Uh, you might end up coming up with more than one pair. I've got two, I've got a pair that I think have, uh, 600 gram Thinsulate. And then I've got a pair with 2,400 gram Thinsulate. And they, they kind of feel like, um, when I'm walking around, they're so thick and, and so heavy. I mean, I feel like Gene Simmons a little bit because <laughs> I, I literally am about two inches taller with those on. But, um, I tell you what, my feet don't get cold in them. That's for sure. Um, but that's the thing is, you know, if it's warmer then you don't want that big, heavy boot, you don't want, you know, four or five layers of clothing on, but, uh, you want to be able to shed that throughout the day and maybe swap your boots out. Um, yeah, Pat made a great point. If you've got new boots, break them in, uh, take them out and wear them around and get that new worn off. Plus, I mean, depending on the boot, um, you know, brand new shoes aren't for everybody. They're not comfortable for everybody and they might need some time just to get broken in a little bit. If you're, especially if you're going to do a lot of walking around or moving with your, with your hunting, um, depending on the territory, you know, the country that you're hunting in, um, if it's mountains, then you're going to want to spend a lot more on your boots because it's not just the, the cold factor, but it's the ankle support then. And when you're climbing hills and things like that, you got to make sure that you don't sprain an ankle, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. So that's what makes the biggest difference there. But, but that's the, the biggest thing that I can tell anybody as far as, you know, getting into it, just make sure that you've got warm stuff, but then at the same time, maybe not, uh, not a coat that's really noisy when it's cold. I mean, something that's still fairly quiet and you can move around in it without making a lot of noise. Um, so keep that in mind as you're picking your stuff out. It doesn't have to be camo, but typically the stuff that fits that description is because it's made for hunting. And so it's okay if it, my stuff's camo, I didn't buy it because I need it to be camouflaged. I bought it because I wanted a, uh, a, a four in one, is it a four? It's either a three in one or a four in one jacket that, uh, that has a liner I can take out and I can, you know, use, like I said, use the layers as needed. Um, it's waterproof, it's windproof. Those are things that matter to me. You know, the camo didn't, but, but you know, there it is. It's there. So, um, as far as just tips for getting somebody new into, um, not, not how to do it, but if somebody's, if you've got somebody going for the first time, or maybe somebody's listening to this, thinking about going for the first time, um, Pat, what would you give for, for advice for somebody that's, that's never done it before? Like what advice would you give defense dad as a newbie? He's never been hunting. Um, well, I just say, uh, dress appropriately. Make sure whether it's going to be hot or cold, just like what you hit on there. And uh, I'll throw in one little quick tip. Either go online or go to a convenience store and get hand warmers oh, yes. and feet yes. warmers. Those things are lifesavers when you're just sitting there. Um, and as far as taking along somebody new, um, just prepare them for what's in store. And like, if either you're going to be like on a walking stock or a uh, ground blind, or if you're going to have a double tree stand going, just let them know far enough in advance what to expect 
whether you're going to be doing a lot of walking or mm -hmm. sitting and just really make sure that they understand what they're getting themselves into because once you lay it out and it still sounds like they want to go, then they probably want to go. But if you fill them in and then it's like, man, they kind of hem and haw about it. Then it's like, now it's probably not for you then, but just make sure you just lay it out there and they know exactly what they're getting themselves into. Absolutely. Very, very good advice. Nighthawk. What would you say? I, I invite them over for a barbecue and if they can't sit quietly, while we drink beer and, uh, you know, enjoy the evening, then I don't invite them hunting at all with me because <laughs> I'm telling you, my technique is literally to walk out in the woods in a place where my cameras have told me there's something out there to shoot at. There's a shooter and sit down and not move for two hours. Um, and I know that there's a lot of more experienced hunters than me that will knock that, but it works, <laughs> you know, because the, there's no reason for the deer to be worried about me until it's too late. Right. Nope. Exactly. Um, another thing that I would say too, if, if you've got somebody that wants to go try it and wants to go with you and, and you're cool with taking them is maybe they think they're prepared until they get there and you need to be prepared for them not being not prepared. To be prepared yes so if <laughs> if you're of the minds or the of the temperament that you know if if you get out there and then they're not having a good time and they're ready to pack it in and it depends on you know your relationship if it's a significant other or you know just a buddy from across the street or whatever um that maybe make a little bit difference too but at the same time um if if you're still wanting them to just you know suck it up and sit there and sit quiet and be miserable so that you can finish your hunt, then you are definitely going to turn them off to ever going hunting again. So keep that in mind too. Um, is, is, uh, making them miserable worth it for you to still be able to stay out there and hunt longer. Or if you understand this ahead of time and you still are willing to take them, you got to be prepared just like taking a small child that you're probably not going to be out there as long as you would normally be, or that you would want to be. Um, maybe you're, maybe you go out before sunup and then you don't come back in until sundown typically. But if you've got somebody else with you, that's never been and doesn't really know what to expect and thinks they're prepared, then finds out they're not. That's just going to be game over. I mean, if, if you do anything else besides, take them back, then you're going to wish you had anyway. So you might as well do it. Uh -huh. A lot of people will stay out longer than I will. Um, and to be honest with you, I'm probably my willingness to sit still has more to do with that. I know there's a fixed duration to that. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to spend all day waiting for a deer. If my recon job was good, I, there should be one there within a couple of hours. If it wasn't, then I need to back out and figure out what I did wrong and start again. No, that's true. New York outcast has a great point. New people never have their crap together for long <laughs> days in the cold, even on a job. It doesn't mm -hmm. apply to hunting. So, so yeah. And here's the thing too, somebody who's new getting into it. I mean, if you don't have any of this cold weather gear already bought, then you're looking at spending some bucks, you know, getting into hunting. I don't care if it's with a rifle or a bow or a muzzle loader, whatever it is. If you don't have any of the gear and any of the clothing, then this is not a cheap way, a cheap thing to get into. Um, 
we do it because overall, you know, we feel it's worth it. But um, I think I can speak for everybody on the panel and it doesn't just apply to hunting. It's like anything else. You, you don't get your whole kit all at once. You piece uh-huh. things together over the years. Uh, and, and defense dad, I know that you can even appreciate that kind of sentiment. I mean, it's, it's like, um, it's like having a, a, a garage, you know, you didn't buy all your tools all at once. You, you bought them as you needed them or pieced them together over the years. And it's the same thing with, with deer hunting equipment or anything else in the shooting world. Everything in my range bag didn't come in. You know, I didn't put everything in there all the same day uh, or go out buy it all the same day. Well, so, no, that, so a lot of what you guys are saying, I mean, I was big into fishing when I was a kid and growing up. So in ice fishing, so like the layers and the dress, all, I get all that kind of stuff. Yep. I have any of it anymore. So yeah, that, that, that it, it applies to a lot of things. Like I'm used to being out in the cold, uh, just doing things growing up in Nebraska. So yeah, I mean, that all makes a lot of sense. Heck yeah. I think right. sometimes people confuse being out in the cold with, uh, it being the same thing to be out in the cold and be still because being out in the cold and not moving as opposed to being out in the cold yeah. and working is a whole different ball of wax. Well, sure. I'm talking about like yeah. the layers and all, all the, you know, the yeah. right boots. Yeah. Kind of and, and that's... I'm not an ice fisherman, so it didn't occur to me to say that, but anybody that's, that's been ice fishing gets it sitting still in <laughs> yeah. the cold especially the insulated boots. I mean, sitting there with your feet on a slab of ice all day, if you don't have insulated boots, then you're going to wish you did. Well, when I went, we didn't have an, uh, any sort of shelter. We just sat there next to a hole in the ice. <laughs> well, there you go. Even better. Um, GW has a good point. <laughs> in, the, in the chat. Yeah, the George Washington. Before, Okay, we're going to put this on the screen, but we've got another panelist to add in here. So we're going to welcome... Uh, nd hunter or north dakota hunter seven i'm not sure which it is so uh welcome thanks for having me absolutely thanks for joining us um so um real quick here i'm just gonna let you start off on this one let's talk about pt for dragging a deer out of a mountain valley um with uh with your experience um have you had that issue where you've had to drag a deer a long ways uphill well, uh, here in North Dakota, we usually quarter them out. Okay. And personally, that's the best thing, in my opinion, depending on how far your drag is. But I like to do the gutless method, and I feel like that's easier than hanging the deer. And I get the tenderloins out, too, with the back straps and all that, the quarters. And mm-hmm. personally, I feel like that's the best option from that I've experienced anyways, but... Alrighty. Yep. And that's, you know, the, the field dressing technique is one we didn't even really touch on yet tonight. And we could probably go three more hours if we touch on everything that there is. So, so no, that's, that's cool. Anybody else on the panel had those, those nightmare experiences where you had to uh, drag a deer a long ways or, or uphill both ways or anything like that? I'm fortunate enough that there's usually a trail pretty close to where I end up going in. And uh, I've usually picked a, a natural game path. So a lot of times those will cross those back roads and things of that nature. So it might be 20 yards or something. Oh, that's kind of handy. Bat, what were you going to say? 
Um, yeah, actually, I've had kind of two nightmare ones, and uh, both of them weren't even my deer. Um, <laughs> I've had uh, I've had uh, uh, some hunters, uh, friends of mine, uh, try to uh, get a deer, and they run, and they wind up in the middle of the Republican River oh, <laughs> yeah. on an island somewhere, and having to drag them either out of there or a swamp area is probably about the worst one I can think of trying to drag it out of a knee deep swamp. <laughs> yeah. I've seen some things. One of the, uh, one of the fields where, um, where I hunt up on my dad's there, there's a, most of it is, is really high um, above the river, but the river is, is just over the bank, but there's a spot where um, it's kind of all caved and, and, and all the water runs that direction. So it's kind of cut a gully. And so the deer run up and down through there all the time. And there's usually either alfalfa or corn in that field. And then they can get down to the, to the water right there. And uh, when my family used to have a hunting lodge and I was, was guiding hunters. Yeah. We had one that shot the deer and then it ran down um, and it waited till it got halfway across the river and, and the Kippaha river, mind you, isn't very big. You can throw a rock from one bank to the other. And it's typically somewhere between um, ankle and shin deep, except for wherever <laughs> the channel runs. That channel can be up to waist deep, you know, on a normal year. And, uh, and of course, she was on the other side of where the channel was. And now I didn't have any other boots. I only had the pair that I, that I was wearing. So I knew the water was going to be over my boots. I knew I wasn't going to have dry boots to go back out later that night. And I had to guide. And so luckily one of the other guys um, that, that lived close had, you know, he went into the water and uh, we got the rope on that deer. And, and we had about six people pulling that deer up the bank um, to, uh, to, to get it recovered. So uh, yeah, I've, I've been in on one of those river deals. It's not fun. And of course, this was the water was flowing, but uh, there was ice on both sides too, and and snow on the ground. So it wasn't like it was a sixty degree day. This was a about a twenty degree day. So yeah, good times. Yeah, it's not much fun when it gets to be about like that. So. It... <laughs> Yep, exactly. Now, New York's got a great uh, suggestion. Practice by pulling a drunk buddy on a sled. <laughs> now, here's the thing. I don't know about a drunk buddy, but once your buddy passes out and they're just dead weight, then yeah, uh, practice by pulling them around on a sled because that's more realistic, I think, um, than, than somebody trying to sit upright on a sled that's drunk, so. They're not that big out here, and my time as a combat medic, I can fireman carry anything that's equal to my body weight pretty easily. So, sure, um, yeah, 100, 160-180-pound deer is not bad. Nope, that's – it just kind of depends. Again, too, it, it makes a difference on how messy you're willing to get um, because, I mean, even if you haven't um, – field dressed is the nice term i we always say just <laughs> gut gut the but deer. you know even even if you haven't taken the insides and put them on the outside of the deer yet um you know there's still going to be at least an entry wound if not an entry and an exit wound um that's leaking some blood out so i mean you're going to get messy uh and if you fireman carry that thing then it's going to get all over you that's just the, the way it works there's it's no way to happen it, so. yep i've been bled on before 
Yeah, as a medic, I'm sure you have. So, <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. Um, all right. So, uh, so North Dakota hunter, what part of of uh, North Dakota are you uh, are you in? I'm on the western side of North Dakota by Dickinson. And I generally hunt around the Medora area. If you've ever, okay. ever heard of that, the the Badlands, the western region of the Badlands. So, okay, sure. I'm used to hunting public land down here, and me and my buddy, I've been busy with football, and I had our last game this week, and we decided to, we bought Sandhill permits, so we're headed down to Nebraska Friday, I'll do a little scouting, and then we'll hunt public land down there Saturday, so we're excited. Cool, cool. What uh, what town are you going to be close to in the Sandhill region? Valentine. Okay. And yep, yeah. you'll be about 70, well, when you're in Valentine, you'll be about 70 miles from where I'll be. Okay. Yeah. Expecting to be pretty busy, but we're going to work for him. So that's cool. Oh, well, best of luck to you. Um, have you been to Nebraska before? I have not. No. I mean, it's different, but it's not going to be a ton different than, than what you're used to really. I mean, especially when you get out into, into that area, the Hills are different because there's grass on them. Uh, you know, it's not like badlands, but it's, it's a bunch of sand dunes with grass covering them. It's yeah really beautiful country if if anybody's got a chance to go to the sand hills that hasn't been there you need to go check it out it's pretty neat um we've got uh we, um a friend here that sometimes he's well it's been a long time since we've had him in the panel now but um the 402 outdoorsman actually lives um in jamestown now so okay. he's he's a nebraskan but he's a he's a north dakota hunter now too well, mostly, mostly fishermen. I know he gets, gets out and hunts some, but he spends a lot of time fishing too. So. Okay. You have to go check out the 402 outdoorsman. If you haven't yet on the, on the YouTube and on the Facebook, I'll he's probably that. other places. <laughs> um, well, glad to have you along. So, uh, did you find the link in the YouTube side or over on the Facebook page? On the Facebook page, I actually joined that Nebraska hunting Facebook page and somebody, uh, shared shared this link into there so i tuned in a little bit then i said i'd join the show cool cool working on getting the if i can get a few more sponsors for the live show here then we're going to go back to uh streaming live on facebook the same time we do this on youtube okay. so okay that'd be cool it'd be kind of cool i should throw that feeler out there if anybody wants to be a sponsor i need four people and i've got two locked down and a and a maybe um, I need at least one more sponsor. 60 bucks is what it's going to cost you. And I want somebody that actually knows what we do here, knows that uh, sometimes I run my mouth and sometimes my opinions aren't the popular ones. Um, but what your $60 will get you is a year's worth of uh, sponsorship up here in the top right corner on the screen where it says powered by StreamYard. When I uh, and, and what I need is just enough money to cover the cost of the pro version of this program. Um, so the StreamYard deck goes away. Your logo goes there for the entire chat every fourth week. And then um, at the top of the show, and at the bottom of the show, we'll read a 20 or 30 second ad for you. So if anybody hears this and uh, wants to help sponsor this show and get us on Facebook and YouTube at the same time and uh, get some advertising out of the deal, 60 bucks is what it's going to cost you. So um, send me a, a message on Facebook or email me sandhillsshooter at gmail.com and we'll talk about that. Um, all right. So, um, 
are you uh when you're when you're hunting at home i know what you're going to find in the sandhill region of nebraska is going to be mostly mule deer so do you mostly hunt muleys at home north dakota or are you um muleys and whitetail or what do you have back that way mostly whitetails there are some muleys but or mostly muleys but there are some whitetails but they're the whitetails are pretty hard to find in the badlands but okay they're, they're pretty much like ghosts out there but if you find them usually pretty big but i i generally like hunting muleys more but if i run into a whitetail i wouldn't hesitate to shoot it in nebraska but absolutely that's for sure well and that's kind of how um i'm in the next unit east along the south dakota border there the kippaha unit and um if it's a muley buck, we can shoot it there. Uh, we can't shoot muley doe in in the unit that I hunt. Um, whitetail can be either sex, but if it's a mule deer, it has to have antlers. So, or at least one antler, at least six inches long, is the requirement in Nebraska. Okay. But uh, yeah, where you go, you can kind of hunt whatever because there's the the difference is there aren't as many mule deer where I go. Um, that's the that's the reason behind it. So. Well, another reason why we got the Nebraska tags is because the muley, the unit that I hunt here in North Dakota, it takes about five to six years to draw a mule deer buck tag for the rifle. So that's why we kind of drew the Nebraska tag. Gotcha. Permit. Well, and I was just talking to somebody earlier today that that you know the the non-resident permit fee here in Nebraska, it's it's really not that expensive. It's really not cost prohibitive if you're if you typically go out of state to hunt anyway, then Nebraska is one of the better, from what I've been told, one of the better priced permits. So yeah, definitely. That's kind of what leaned us towards Nebraska. Cool. Well, yeah, you get to, you get to come and, and hang out and be in, uh, be in some new country and yeah. Yeah. Like I said, best of luck to you. hope everything Thank works you. out and you guys stay safe and stay warm and yeah. well, actually it's going to be too warm. Hope you stay cool. Yeah. I know. <laughs> That's just it. And, and I typically like, I like to hang a deer. I like to let it hang for, for about a week if it's cold enough, but it's not going to be yeah. cold enough where it doesn't even get down to freezing at night. It's definitely not going to be such a thing that I can let a deer hang that long. So, um, we'll have to, to get them dealt with right away if we get them down, but yeah, that's just me. I like doing a lot of things. Okay. One last, last question I have, and I'm just going to kind of let everybody, hopefully we don't walk on each other, but um, anybody that wants to pipe in, um, go ahead and do it. Um, when you get your deer down, whether you do the gutless method or you open them up and, and take out the entrails or whatever you do there, um, tarsal glands, do you leave them or do you get rid of those first? I do no processing. I am something like 10 minutes away. <laughs> <laughs> okay i i hand my processor train wrecks of deer and he is a master he's <laughs> nice. worth every dime i don't clear the butt or anything so you just take the whole deer with everything in it right to the right to the guy you got it he's gotcha. a butcher he's been he cleans just about everybody's deers in this area mm -hmm. and as long as you don't hand him a train wreck or, or expect to get, you know, a hundred pounds of meat out of a 25 pound deer, then, uh, he'll treat you good. There you go. All right. Um, Pat, when you, uh, when you put a deer down tarsal glands, do you cut them off or let them be? Uh, I get rid of them. Um, I just go ahead and clean. I usually, uh, grab the deer up, go to a different site and get it, uh, out of where I'm hunting 
And I, I've got a couple little uh, places where I can put that for uh, coyotes. Nice. I'll put it that way. Nice. And uh, <laughs> go ahead and dispose and uh, uh, just field dress it right there and get rid of the glands right there. And then, uh, yeah, hang it up. There you go. All righty. And then North Dakota, what do you do with the with the tarsal glands? Do you cut those off or do you leave them? If I'm hanging deer, I'm definitely cutting them off. Okay. Yeah. But if I'm if I'm doing a gut list, I'll probably leave them there. So just because you're going to leave that part of the leg there anyway, aren't you? Yep. Exactly. Gotcha. Well, makes sense too. Yeah. And I always take them off. That's how I was, how I was, you know, taught when I was young. So um, first thing I do before I even open up the deer is get those off of there. Um, and I think that, I mean, let me know panelists or even out there in the chat. Um, if you don't know what the tarsal glands are, it's, it's, you know, halfway down the hind leg um, where the scent glands are and, and the bucks. And I think, I don't know if the, if the doe do as well, but I know the bucks when they come up to a scrape, um, you know, they'll pee down their leg and then the urine picks up their scent on that tarsal gland and then runs on, on down. Um, a lot of people that don't, you know, they say they don't like deer because of that gamey taste. Um, do you guys think that partly it's because people don't clean them right? Um, they're not removing those scent glands. They're not maybe taking all the, the entrails out the right way, you know, when the meat, um, gets affected by some of that. Oh, that's a big yes. They also don't understand how to soak their meat, but I guess it depends on how long you're hanging it. And if, I don't hang anything, right? So tarsal glands aren't an issue for me, uh, but I'm certain that happens a lot. I've walked by and seen people hanging deer in 70 degree weather that still had the tarsal glands on it and everything. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, that's yummy. And I've I've seen a lot of people who, you know, like I said, over the years with, with my family having a hunting uh, lodge and guide service, I mean, I've seen a little bit of everything. Um, you know, I've seen people that, that have hunted for 40 years and I've seen people that brought their kid for the first time. I've seen people that, you know, um, leave the tarsal glands. Actually, I see that a lot more than, than cut them off. Um, and I don't know if it's just something that not everybody gets taught that, or maybe it doesn't really make a difference. I don't know. Um, I do know that there's, when it comes to the taste of the meat, the, the biggest factor that I've ever run into is, um, is the deer's diet. And, you know, if, if you're hunting in a place where they don't have much to eat besides pine cones, um, you know, or sage or something like that, then the meat's definitely going to have, you know, kind of that sagey flavor to it versus, you know, if you're hunting in an area where the deer are eating corn out of a cornfield, or off my dad's corn pile, then, um, you know, it's just like corn fed beef. I mean, that corn fed deer is going to be, you know, a whole lot different flavor. Um, the only thing that I don't understand is, I mean, people that eat venison, but then complain about the, the gamey flavor to it. Um, why are you eating venison? If you don't like the gamey flavor, that's why I like it. It's, it's the fact that it's not beef that's why i like the venison i love beef don't get me wrong um and i i grew up on a place that produces steaks you know that's what my dad does for a living is is grows steaks on the hoof um so i i love beef but at the same time i love venison because it's different it's it's not beef it's not pork it's its own thing it's got its own flavor it's wild game um if it doesn't taste gamey then there's probably something a little bit wrong with it so the people that want to marinate that out or smoke it out or whatever, 
Um, I've never understood that concept myself. So, um, I'll throw this out there just real quick. Um, if you're looking for better meat, as far as shooting a deer, just go with a doe. Just skip the buck altogether. And if all you're doing is meat, yep. definitely doe is just the way to go because it is less gamey. It doesn't have quite the amount of bite and stuff to it. So if you're looking to fill a freezer, go with a good sized doe. That's right. And if if you're again, if if you're hunting for meat and you shoot a buck, then keep in mind that that old, you know mature six-year-old buck is going to have a lot different taste than a nice three-year-old buck is so that definitely makes a difference too um all here, right here. well we've got one more new addition we're about to wrap things up guys but uh, we've got hunter Mosier in here and so Mosier or moser which is it moser moser i i know people with that name that i've got i've heard both pronunciations so oh really so, uh, so is your first name really Hunter or is that just a cool yep. screen name? Yep. That's my first name. That's uh, just cool. It's a great night to have this chat then with you on it. So, uh, where are you reporting in from then? North Dakota. Another North Dakotan. Yep. Tell you what, we're almost even. We've got three Nebraskans, two North Dakotans. We get one more North, North Dakotan in here and, um, I'm not sure we're going to be overtaken. Um, so what part of North Dakota do you, uh, hail from then? I'm out from Dickinson. So are you, okay. Isn't that where North Dakota Hunter is? Are you guys, is this the same person? No. Nope. You you, <laughs> do you know each other? We do know each other. Okay. Yes, we do know each other. <laughs> are you both the ones that are going to, uh, to the Valentine area to hunt? Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Awesome. All right. When you said that, I started putting two and two together. And, you know, <laughs> I'm not the smartest person in the world, but uh, you got to get up pretty early in the afternoon to get that past me. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> cool. All righty. Um, so real quick here, before we wrap up, we've got um, we've got uh, one thing I need to go around the horn and just kind of cover um, because we haven't really talked about this yet. So for the most part, everybody in here that's hunting deer, um, is doing it with a rifle. And so when it comes to, um, your choice for caliber, um, and your choice for rifle, uh, I'm just going to go around the horn here and see what everybody likes to shoot. Um, but I want to know why we don't have to take a long time on this, but I want to know why you settle on that particular gun and that particular caliber, what it is that you like about it. Because again, the reason I say this, there might be somebody out there listening who isn't really sure um, what to get. And when I'm trying to pick something out and I want reviews, I don't want a spec sheet. I can look that up myself. Um, I want to know your honest opinions. And even though what works for you might not work for me, I want to know why it did or didn't work for you. And so we'll just start with you, Hunter. Uh, what is your go-to rifle and caliber? Um, I usually hunt with a 243, um, but this Nebraska hunt, I will be hunting with a 30 odd six, which I feel that I like hunting with a 30 odd six because I feel that it's more of a hard shooting gun. It's like I feel like it hits a lot harder than uh, the regular 243 that I like to use. Mm -hmm. It's not much of a long range rifle, the 30 odd six, but I do like with the bigger bullet because I shoot 168 grain 
And so I do like to get that bigger board in there and mm-hmm. make sure that I get a good hard shot on a deer. Yep. Yep. Nope. That makes some sense. Um, yeah. Fluffy you're, is, is right. Is somebody chewing gum or eating some chips or something. I'm getting some noise. So if everybody wants to mute your mic when you're not talking, uh, we'll cut down on the background noise there and just click that microphone button. And there we go, everybody. Um, and, and Hunter, that actually makes a lot of sense to me. Um, it's one of the same reasons why I shoot 270 over 243. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and I've, I've shot more deer with 243 than anything, to be honest with you. So yep. it's, it's a great caliber. But the, the difference is when you get out past that 250-yard range, then um, even if it's not necessarily flatter shooting, because I don't think 30-06 is going to shoot flatter than 243, but when you get to that 350-yard away deer you're Mm going to have a lot more energy um impacting that deer and and it makes you know it you just you add you add a little distance to what the the effective range is when you go up to a a 27 or 30 caliber like that so i you've made a great choice in my mind yeah that's what i thought the only reason that i picked 270 over 30-06 is just because um for the uh you know roughly the same amount of of recoil just a little bit maybe less recoil um you know i've got a, a faster flatter shooting bullet than the yep. stick so yeah that's just me it's if if yep. what you have is 30 out six it's great it's i think that uh between 30 out six and 30 30 that's probably accounts for more deer than any other two calibers in the country oh i bet yep so nope great choice all right we'll move over to north dakota hunter um, what is your rifle and caliber and why? I'll be shooting a Seekins Precision 28 Nosler this trip. And just because uh, if there's really one out there I can reach out to, I have it dialed into, I'm comfortable up to 950 with it. Oh, wow. Evidently, you probably won't have, to, won't have to shoot that far for this trip, but <laughs> 162 grain bullet shooting up to 30, 3250 feet per second is feel like if I hit a deer, it's thrown down no matter where I hit it. So, yep, yep, that sounds really cool too. Um, and you've got uh, you've got some some time and some effort and maybe a little bit of money wrapped up into a into a Seekins. That's nice. Yeah, my, actually, my dad's rifle. He's letting me. I bought the scope on it, so he's letting me take it for the tri- on the trip. So nice, very cool. All righty, yeah, that's the thing about that Sandhills country is you might be shooting a distance of you know. 30 or 40 yards you might be stretching that thing out to 400 you just never know um what's going to happen and and uh one of the things about trying to you know hunt nebraska is yeah you've got to make sure that you've got enough gun to to make those longer shots or the difference is if you've got that 243 then know what you can do and know what you can't do with it and plan accordingly too so yeah exactly Cool, cool. All right, let's move over to Pat. What's your go-to rifle and caliber, sir? Uh, I am running my uh, old uh, <laughs> Mosin, converted into a Sporterizer, and a 7.62 by 54R, and I am running 180 grain uh, boat tail uh, spare point. So um, it's 
it's done plenty good for me and it's I can run a wide enough range of bullets on it. I can either go shoot coyotes with it yeah. out of a 140 grain bullet, or I can crank that sucker all the way up to 203 grain. If I really want to put something down, just absolutely graveyard dead. There you go. There you go. And, and yeah, anybody that's shooting a Mosin, I mean, you know, if, if your shoulder is not that important to you, then yeah, have at it. So. <laughs> it does have a muzzle brake on it and it does help out a lot because it is the short barreled version oh wow and there, there's a reason they there is a reason they call it the russian fire stick <laughs> i can about imagine i can about imagine so if you shoot the deer too close then not only did you uh put a bullet through it but you've already got it roasted is that what you are saying there um, yeah, if it's within 20 <laughs> yards, you could probably roast just about all the hair off of it if you really wanted to. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. Uh, Nighthawk, we will circle around to you. What is your go-to rifle and, and cartridge and why? I First of all, I'm really pleased to hear Mosin out there collecting deer. Um, I, I run a, uh, a Lee and Field um, jungle carbine, of course, 303 British. I'm running a a uh, 180 round nose. It's about uh, probably 29, 2,500 feet per second uh, with IMR 4895 pushing it. So it, for the deer we have here, it's way more cartridge than I need. And it, but it also doubles really well as a, a pig gun. Uh, the nice thing about the infield is you get real rapid follow-up shots with roughly 30-06 power. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's a smooth, smooth cycling rifle. Yeah, I've got, they're not 180s, they're 150s, but I've got some of these right here next Those to my elbow. I've toyed with taking that sporterized uh, infield up there with me this week, but I don't know that I'm going to just because I don't want to lug a whole bunch of guns around. Right. So I, I probably won't. I'm already going to have two because my 243 is currently on loan for the one of the nephews to be practicing with the the 14 year old liked that the the 12 year old <laughs> actually liked his dad's um ruger american 30-06 and so the 12 year old shooting at six um and he's he's put the time in on the bench with it they both have so i mean they um with those respective rifles so they um they seem from what i've heard they're doing they're doing pretty well of course all bets are off when you've got a, a real animal especially with nice antlers in your scope. <laughs> and let me tell you, um, that's something that all the new people experience is that buck fever. Yeah. And let me tell you, after almost 30 years of putting bucks in my crosshairs, it really doesn't change. You just learn how to deal with it. <laughs> yeah. It, you learn to breathe it out right before you take the shot. Yep. Yep. Sometimes I have to, uh, uh, tell myself to, to calm down, you know, and I'll, I'll break my, uh, completely break my shooting form there and, and take a breath. And then, and go back onto the gun and, and look again. But yeah, sometimes even, even I still get caught up in it. So, um, but it's, it's worth it to make that good shot. So, um, all right, well, we are going to wrap things up. So, uh, we will let everybody have just a few final words, final thoughts. Those of you that came in here late, if you have anything you want to add, then, uh, you'll have a time to do that. Um, so, uh, we'll just go back around the horn the other way. So Nighthawk, any final thoughts that you want to want to uh, share and then where can people find you if they want to look for you? Uh, you know, Hey, conservation is all of our jobs. Uh, we like not having wolves. We like not having large cats. So if you're not a hunter, 
and you want to learn how to contribute, um, I invite you to get on some of the websites and look at conservation. And uh, even if it's never a deer, even if it's just going out and hunting pig, that's definitely something we need to happen right now. So I think that you'll find most hunting organizations are perfectly willing to help you get out on your first hunt. And there's not a hunter on earth that can't tell you how to mess it up. And you can just subtract their bad experiences from good experiences and know how to be successful. Um, of course, you can find me on YouTube.com right here, Nighthawk Medic Shoots and Full30.com and Facebook. Thanks for having me, John. I appreciate you it. Bet. Thanks for coming and hanging out with us. All right. Defense Dad, anything that you want to add, questions or comments or uh, the like? And then where can people find you? No, just thanks for having me. I'm still just on YouTube under Defense Dad and put out a new video tonight before the show. If you don't feel like checking it out, it was kind of a fun one, but that's it cool yeah i need to uh one of my well you're a you're a blue wrench if you haven't put that link out there in the chat for us would you so that everybody can go find that i haven't watched it yet because i was doing some stuff i had to go uh clear out the driveway and and stuff from this the snow that fell today and then after i ate supper i still haven't taken time to watch your stuff but, um, but i'm going to yet tonight just so you know it's basically why i'm right midnight's wrong Oh, well, in that case, then I don't have to watch it to know that you're right and Midnight's wrong. Is he even here tonight? I haven't seen him out there. He was, yeah. He was? Okay. Oh, there he is out there. Cool. All right. I haven't really been watching the chat like I need to, I guess. So, all right. Well, thank you for uh, for joining us, and, and hopefully you've uh, um, maybe heard enough that, that next year we can, like I said, we can shame you into joining us. So there's that link out there in the YouTube chat, so make sure you click on that link when we're done here and go uh, find out why defense dad is right. And other Travis also known as pancake boy, also known as midnight range TM is wrong. Um, but I say it's just because it's him. Love you. Other Travis. Um, <laughs> all right. So uh, Pat, any final thoughts from you? And then um, if people want to uh, get a hold of you, where can they find you? Uh, I'm on YouTube, and uh, hopefully either this weekend, next weekend, maybe I will have a little hunting video put together to put up on the old YouTube. And, uh, yeah, just wanted to thank our uh, fellow uh, hunters and brethren from North Dakota for coming on the show tonight and showing up and uh, talking about their experiences and stuff. And wanted to give uh, kudos to uh, Nighthawk Medic for uh running the old 303 brit out there and uh taking down deer with that i thank god i'm not the only guy out there shooting an antique <laughs> <laughs> i've got nice new hunting rifles i still like the old rifle yeah i there's something about the something about the antiques mm -hmm. i just I, I like shooting them for some reason mm -hmm. but yeah that's all for me well thank you for joining us a pleasure as always all right, we're going to move over to our two uh, new guests. And I tell you what, if you uh, um, if you want to, send me an email with your email addresses, fellas. And uh, um, if you want to join us in the future, then we can get you some links down the road here. Just email me at sandhillsshooter at gmail.com or hit me on Facebook uh, with, a, with a message over there. So we'll go to North Dakota Hunter. Um, any final thoughts from you? And then where can people find you if they want to? I just want to thank you guys. I just want to thank you guys for having me on the chat tonight. Yeah, man. And B 
be safe this season and good luck. And you guys can and, find and me. Likewise. anybody needs help pulling deer out or anything like that. Don't hesitate to give me a shout. 701-590-0075. There you go. All right. North Dakota Hunter. There's his phone number. I don't know if he's single, but I've heard he's a Pisces. He likes long walks on the beach. Pina coladas and getting caught in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> I made that up. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> thanks. Thanks for jumping in here and, uh, and joining us and adding your, uh, adding your thoughts to everything. So we'll move, move over to you, Hunter. Uh, what final thoughts do you want to throw out there? And then if people are looking for, uh, for you, where can they find you? Same with me. I mean, uh, thank you for having me on the, the little chat here. Uh, um, I mean, I'll be with ND Hunter in Nebraska in the Sandhills. So, uh, I mean, if you guys need any help or whatever, we, we're always there and we'll help you guys out. Um, but pretty much just thank you for the uh, letting me on here. And uh, I actually, it was pretty nice seeing that other people use uh, older rifles, and that's pretty cool, I thought. Um, but, yeah, and seeing what you guys are shooting, I thought that was pretty cool, too. So, But, yeah, that's pretty much it, and good luck, everybody, this season. And, uh, yep, so that's pretty much it. Cool, and, again, thanks for joining us. So, thank All you. right, well, with that, we will go to the list and thank everybody out there in the chat. So, uh, again, if you didn't make comments on the YouTube side, we didn't get to see that you were watching and nobody could watch us live on Facebook tonight. Cause we're working on making that happen again. Um, like I said, I don't expect everybody just to send me money to, to do StreamYard pro. So I figured out sponsors might help because then you get something back out of the deal. So, uh, we'll go from there. So thank you for joining us tonight. We had mystic guns, Kingpin, George Washington, iron horseman, Blitz, Defense Dad, Pat Hirsch, Fluffy 10 millimeter Jeep Guy, Cal, uh, Bishop Ammunition and Firearms, Travis T, Vash Matrix, Schofield 63, Guy That Comments, Clover Was Out There, James Allen, Yesterday's Pomade, New York Outcast, Clint Taurus. When you say it fast, you'll understand why I said it slow. Ozzy Osbourne, G23, Guns and Barbecue. Now I'm hungry. Uh, Midnight Range TM, Ghost Tactical, and Hawaii Volcano Squad. Also, um, Sandhill Sweetheart was out there as well, holding it down. So uh, thanks, everybody, for uh, joining us. And on behalf of Hunter and ND Hunter, Pat and Ashley, Defense Dad, Nighthawk, and myself, and Sandhill Sweetheart, thank all of you very much. For watching this um those of you that found us on facebook and and clicked over and are watching and even if you aren't commenting thanks for watching that if you're catching this on the replay then um, we appreciate that too so please hit that thumbs up button um if you haven't subscribed to the channel go ahead and do that uh, if you haven't clicked that share button please share the link to this uh conversation with anybody that you think needs to see it um feel free to just share the heck out of it we appreciate that um and then drop a comment down below if you're a deer hunter uh let us know what you like to use for for deer whether it's a you know bow rifle shotgun handgun whatever it is and then if it is a firearm what's your go-to um go-to firearm and, and caliber because because we want to know that kind of stuff there's as many different answers as there are people to answer it and and i never get tired of of seeing those comments and, and getting that feedback from you folks so 
Again, thanks everybody for being here. Without you, there's no reason to do this. You are the reason why we come here and, and do this every Tuesday night. We love you guys. God bless you. If you're hunting this fall, uh, be safe. If you're traveling, be safe. God bless all of you. Get off my lawn. <laughs>